Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to episode number 33 of Secondary Fermentation, presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. This is one of your hosts, Joe, and as usual, I'm joined by... Nick. And Lauren. Oh, and Lauren, you threw the and in there, didn't even let me do it. You're welcome. Yeah, but we're the crew behind the scenes of East Carolina Beer and Brewing. If you haven't checked us out, uh, check out our Instagram at East Carolina Beer and our website, eastcarolinabeer.com. There you can find our blogs. I think we're up to like 100-something posts now. Yeah. And you can check out our uh, podcast links, some various things there. But yeah, so what's going on? It's been, you know, two weeks since we released our, our last episode, the Ben Self interview. If you haven't checked yeah. that one out, I uh, recommend you give it a listen. It's uh, an interview with the co-owner and brewer at Local Oak Brewing Company here in Greenville, North Carolina. And uh, it's a great listen. So check it out for sure. Yeah. Is it Greenville or Winterville? Is it? Oh, it's Greenville? in yeah, it's Winterville. You're you're right, Winterville. Okay. Just don't want to like spread yeah, false just, information. Yes, we don't want to yeah. lie. I'm sure if you Google local oak brewing Greenville, it, it probably would come up. But yes, it is in the town of Winterville, Winterville. is happy to claim local oak. <laughs> yes, they are very very happy. They're, they're they're good for the town. It's a good business. I thought you were gonna say they're good for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's harsh. Yeah, Ben, if you're listening, you're good for no. no I'm just kidding. They're no, good. I said oh, I thought you were saying the town of Winterville was. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, having Local Oak and Naughty Dog down the street open up around the same time, that was probably stupendous for Winterville's economy. <laughs> a oh, very yeah. small economy, but um, just bringing business to the town of Winterville. And I mean, really, a lot of their clientele, it's it's all muddled with Greenville people, yeah. too. So I don't know. Is there even an actual line between Greenville and Winterville? I mean... I know there actually is, but... I don't know where it actually exists. It's like across the street almost. Oh, okay. Someone should <laughs> paint it just to make it clear. Just, yeah, just paint the line. Then you can stand over it. I'm in Greenville and Winterville at the same time. Oh, and take my photo. <laughs> That's definitely Instagram worthy. <laughs> oh, man. But what, uh, something's coming up in a nearby town, isn't it, Nick? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It's been a year uh, since our last trip to the NC Hops Fest, which was yeah. our first beer fest in a couple of years, I think since 2019. So that was great last summer to get to attend that, and they're doing it again this year. It's mm-hmm. co-run and sponsored, organized by Brugaloo Raleigh, uh, NC Shop Local, and then Lowe's Foods, I think, is generally involved pretty heavily. And they've got a lot of vendors Obviously, it's a beer-sponsored event. It's very heavily involved in having uh, beer vendors and suppliers mm-hmm. out there. But there's some food trucks, some music, some different local Raleigh area uh, companies that will be in attendance. It's a two-day festival starting this weekend. If you're listening, when it's, this episode's live, it'll be this weekend. It's the uh, 11th and 12th. Um, I'll be there actually the 11th uh, for Ooh. the 12 to 4. The GA session, of course. They do have a VIP option. It includes tastings with uh, local distilleries that are upstairs in the, where is that? Uh, It's the state fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. So you can go upstairs, try some local distillery products, or downstairs is the the general beer. There's, I think, over 40 different breweries in attendance, and you get unlimited two-ounce samples. Yeah. And uh, you can check out some of the local food fair and local business and enjoy some some fun games some music game. and just enjoy the camaraderie of drinking beer with your fellow enthusiasts for fellowship 
<laughs> it's a good lineup this year too. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time last year. Uh, sadly, we will not be in attendance. Lauren and I won't. It's uh, her parents' birthdays. Mm. Happy all, birthday, Lauren's parents! Yeah, we're also brr, brr, brr. celebrating mine. You know, it's the fun of having a summer birthday and trying to coordinate when everyone can get together. Mm-hmm. But we will be in Raleigh, but just not at yeah. the Hops Fest. <laughs> Sadly. So close, but so far. Yeah, and if you check out the Hops Fest, they actually used one of our photos from there last year as like their kind of feature photo. So if you see us holding our little tiny mugs, yeah, that's us. Uh, yeah, check it out. Check out their Instagram page. You know, and NC Hops Fest. If you want to throw us some free ticks, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's up? Uh, maybe 2023 will be their. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Represent. Was... We'll take some more photos for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean. A lot of, uh, you know, we just went to the Casita Collab Fest and mm-hmm. some of the familiar faces from that will be there, but a lot of Raleigh area breweries will be in attendance. You know, you've got uh, Carolina, you've got Clouds, uh, Dirtbag Ales from Fayetteville, I think. I've I've actually been to one of their locations at their farmer's market. Uh, we've got Duck Rabbit Local. We just mm-hmm. got to talk to Paul, uh, Paul Philippon at the Hops Fest. So, you know, just a, a good mix of some Eastern North Carolina breweries. A lot of the Raleigh Durham or the Triangle area breweries, some Charlotte, some Western North Carolina breweries, and uh Old City Cider if you like cider, some meaderies. So come on out. Maybe we'll see you there. Uh maybe I'll wear my shirt just so you can spot me easily. Yeah. We'll have a little East Carolina beer and brewing tag on it. Over your heart. Just you know, Over so my near and dear to you. Lauren just went to a beer fest. I did out in uh Omaha. I don't, Is that I don't, how they say it? Omaha. Probably not. Omaha. <laughs> I just from Minnesota, Minnesota too? <laughs> I just insulted a lot of people. No, we went to the Benson Beer Fest, which is pretty cool. Um, there are over 100 breweries there. Wow. And it was a long day of um, beer drinking. Yeah, you were there for what? Five and a half hours? Um, yeah. Or six and a half hours? Yeah, I think it was like close to six. Oh my gosh. And it was unlimited dead. pours again in our cute little glasses. Um, but yeah. So there's no time, time limit on the event or was it? Um, we bought the extra hour ticket. So I think our time started at like one thirty and went till seven. That's insane. That is, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would survive. Yeah. It was super fun. Tons yeah. of different breweries from all over the place. It looks yeah. cool. Yeah. I was jealous of all the stories you were posting. I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. shaking my fist. Oh, it's and and you wouldn't think of like Nebraska being a, a hot spot for craft breweries, but they've really popped off the last handful of years. There's tons, tons in that little area yeah. too. So, plus, just I guess Iowa has got a few. I know, I know, uh, Topley and Goliath out in Decorah is yes. pretty popular. Oh my goodness, I can't remember the name of it. But was it Pseudo Sue? We did feature it in the story. Um, it was in a red can. That was probably my favorite from the day. Yeah, it was like falling. Bling, bling. I know what you're talking about, though. I, yes. still, I remember the picture. It was I don't quite remember what tasty. the beer was. Oh, that was my favorite. That was. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, lots of beer fest. It's beer fest season, so if you have a beer fest near you, get out. They're always a good time. Oh, it was Dragon Fandango. Dragon Fandango. It was so good. And the thing, too, Swimmy, was Swami, very difficult. Samsonite. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> I was unable to check in all of the beers that I had that day, so I tried to take as many photos of them on my personal photo device taker called my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so that A I camera. could go back and, check, and try to check them in. Little, uh, little known fact yeah. that it was originally called a personal photo device taker. <laughs> Uh, before came, they invented camera. <laughs> and then they're like, let's just call it something shorter. A uh, phone, maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but now my I have a fancy new phone that actually takes good photos, so I'm really Ooh, excited. Because right. yeah. well, I have so... a great husband and family members who also contributed. If you're listening, <laughs> shout out to the husband and the family, <laughs> aka Joe and Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh man. man. So Joe's gonna get some FOMO. He's got to get to a beer fest now. I know, right? Yeah. I'm sad. Maybe I'll take him to one next year. Ma- next, next year. year. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sure there's something going on in the fall. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. We haven't had that one in um, Greenville in a long time. Mm-mm. No, I think that's R.I.P. Dead. Oh. Sad. Yeah. But you know, all this talk of beer fest is making me a little thirsty, so I think I'm going to crack a beer. Crack a beer! Bow, 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 bow. I can't get it. Ooh, Joe, where'd you get that from? Well, this little uh, beer right here uh, is from uh, a little brewery called Hopfly oh, yeah. Brewing Company. Uh, got it from Rocky Mount, although they do now have a location in Charlotte, which mm-hmm. you recently visited. Yeah. Were you able to try this beer while you were out there? No. Uh, I actually, when I was there, didn't have any IPAs, if you can believe it. I had their Vienna Lager, and then I had, I believe, a Sour. Mm-mm. But I'm going to be back in Charlotte in just over a week, and I might have to go back to the Hot Fly location because I really did enjoy the the rooftop the atmosphere there was great the two floors you could have a, a downstairs kind of a half outdoor and a bar downstairs and then a full bar upstairs so but I did see you were in Rocky Mountain I was a little jealous of yeah that. swung there on a road trip the OG came location. back stopped in got it this beer is Spectrum it is a hazy pale ale which I you know it's got some crazy looking can art too it reminds me of like a you ever use like the Windows Media Player music visualizer? Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it reminds me of. Like that thing that would be like. Yeah. I was thinking kind of like when you. Or like a solar flare. It's very orange oh. yellow tone. I was thinking more solar system actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like the Saturn little thing off the yeah. thing. I was thinking like when you take like acrylic paint and kind of pour it all together into pools and then let it like run and it just mm. streaks and kind of creates its own. For the artiste yeah. out there. Looks really nice. Hotfly is always visually appealing when you look at their cans. Yeah. And then the beer itself is visually appealing. Yeah, the beer, speaking of that, it is a pale orange color, right? Not yeah. as vibrant as the can. Uh, it's got a pretty good head that's pretty persistent. Some nice micro bubbles. Hazy, as one would expect. Completely opaque. Lauren, what kind of juice would you say this looks like? Um, like pineapple? You're, yeah, you're pretty good at this. Yeah. I like pineapple juice. Yeah, it's got that, that paleness to it, so it's kind of like a pale dull, so I wouldn't say it's like a you know bright orange juice. It's too light. But uh, yeah, I'm looking like, like it's going to produce a lot of hop aroma. Mm-hmm. And it does. A lot of, you know, tropical. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some, I don't know, stone fruit? Are you getting that? You getting some stony fruity on there? Oh, I can't say stone. I'll get sued by stone. <laughs> Litigations! <laughs> no breathing. It's <laughs> tasty. Now, this is a hazy pale ale, not mm. an India pale ale, which I thought was interesting. But I don't know if I would really be able to tell the difference you know if you label this as a hazy ipa i'd be like yeah sure pale ales usually a little more malt balanced but still not getting a ton of that with this 
Yeah. Maybe like a touch of like some kind of like cereal malt, but mostly juicy uh, tropical fruit. Yeah, I touched that stone fruit. I could definitely get that kind of like mm-hmm. fleshy peach or. Oh, um, gosh. This just remember you saying like cereal and then like the color of this and everything reminded me of I saw a thing the other day that which company was it Tropicana or something was making a cereal that's designed to be used with orange juice instead of milk. Why? Disturbing. That disgusting. You know, we were too busy asking if we could. <laughs> we never stopped to ask if we should. You know, my... I'm just disturbed. It's, I'm it's sorry. Bad. That's gross. What's next? Orange juice that's made to be drunk with toothpaste? Oh, oh gosh. That's oh, terrible. No. Honestly, that'd be something oh. that would sell just because of the novelty of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like orange juice. Oh, you're missing out. My mm. dad, as a child still tells the story of coming home and uh, he wanted a bowl of cereal and didn't have any milk at home. And of course, being a child, he can't just go run out and get some more milk. So he thought, well, I'll just put some water on it. Can't be any different, right? God, that's a terrible idea. Turns out it's very different and it's <laughs> the worst thing he's ever eaten. <laughs> the worst. So Frosted Flakes and water don't go well together. Mm. You know, or maybe his Rice Krispies, I can't remember. But did he put orange juice on it? Because I'm pretty sure that would taste worse. <laughs> Maybe I should ask him to to re- revisit those days and and do a blind taste test. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Orange, orange juice, tasting. <laughs> orange juice versus water. Yeah, but any other thoughts on this? I mean, packed with juicy flavor. Mm-hmm. Definitely got that strong hop aroma. Low bitterness. Yeah, very low bitterness. I almost get a bit of like a citrus. Kind of acidity at the end. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a finish of and it does have some a, like lemon or a brighter carbonation fruit. kind of a finish. Mm-hmm. Like when it's in your mouth, it's a little smooth, but then it when you swallow it, it's mm-hmm. like you get a lingering prickle mm-hmm. on your tongue. A prickle. <laughs> prickle. Very smooth, very palatable, pretty crushable for a pale ale. Maybe because of it, it being hazy, it's got some added depth of juicy hop aroma and flavor. Mm-hmm. Making it go down very easily. See if they wrote anything on the can. This was double dry hopped with Sabro, Shredda, and Citra Spectrum. Oh, that's probably why it's called Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Spectrum Mobile. Um, ABV, I'm going to guess, is about 7.2. You both too high. Oh. Ooh, 5.5. Lauren is close. 5.8. Yes. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. Well, that adds to the crushability of it. Yeah. Quite good. It is. So this is a hazy pale ale. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with a hazy IPA. Um, But, you know, we were having a discussion this weekend, and somebody was asking, well, what makes a hazy IPA hazy? Because we were kind of talking about, like, milkshake IPAs and, like, the mm. lactose edition, you know, kind of contributes to the haziness and the color and stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't know the answer to this question. I need to look it up and look a little <laughs> more into it. <laughs> yeah. So then she discussed with me, and I was like, that could be a great topic for our yeah. for our episode this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the haze craze kind of has been around for a while. But I don't think it's going anywhere real soon. So maybe it's it's time, you know, do for a little refresher on on the subject of, of hazy IPAs. Uh, you know, I was 
checking some things out, doing some research for this and hop culture, a website, they were, you know, said whether, what are their predicted beer trends for 2022? And one of their top predictions was that uh, IPAs are still going to reign king for 2022. Uh, And that includes all IPAs like West Coast, Hazy's, American IPAs, double IPAs. Uh, But I got looking a little further and untapped uh, their 2021 year-end data that they publish in uh, December. Uh, It showed that Hazy IPAs were the second most checked in beer on the app. uh, And that was behind American IPAs. Mm. So maybe some of those kind of overlapped in that category. But... For hazy IPAs alone, there was 6.1 and some change million check-ins wow. for 2021. So definitely uh, a big popular beer, beer style and just IPAs in general. So I saw some articles back from like 2017 talking about like the emergence of these IPAs and, and how crazy things were getting with that. And, you know, you see all the hype beers that come out with all the crazy cans and everything like yeah. that. So. Hazy IPAs are still ruling. We got people lining up for days yeah. just to get a little bit of that haze. <laughs> hey. Did you mean to rhyme? Was that I didn't know that came out. Hey. Oh, natural. Gotta love that. You know? Yeah, it's wild that really in the grand scheme of things, it's a relatively new style still. It hasn't been around or hasn't been popular for that long. I mean, you date back five or six years and it was still kind of, I guess, getting its feet and... It was kind of more localized regionally, um, so to see it spread and now be the second most checked-in yeah. style. Oh yeah, I mean um, it's, it's, it's fast growth, fast growth on a you know, I guess an amendment to a style that was already popular, but has sort of taken the driver's seat. Oh yeah, IPAs. I mean like ten years ago, what was it the IBU wars? You know, as like Ben had referenced before, how that kind of wrecked everyone's palate. It was like, how bitter can we make this beer? In completely different hot process you know that comes from the boil how do we get the alpha acids convert that into your mm-hmm. uh perceived bitterness your ibus well two separate things but ultimate perceived bitterness higher and uh how do we get that packed into P- to an ipa but now these are are completely different yeah i will say that i think the hazy ipa was my gateway ipa Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to like turn my nose up to IPAs anytime mm-hmm. you had any, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll stick with my stout over here. Um, <laughs> but the hazy IPA kind of was my gateway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, bitterness can be quite offensive for many people. I mean, I guess in nature, it's a natural deterrent for things. Uh, so it only makes sense that bitter things are going to put I'll be off putting for a lot of people, but you get used to it. It's an, it's an acquired taste, but these are definitely different and you talked about regional Mm -hmm. like birth of this you know you think of the new england region for that and you know you hear two different terms you hear new england ipas you hear hazy ipas but what really is the difference you know it's funny because i was thinking back i saw a pilsner ish formerly untapped wtf on instagram who posts hilarious uh posts that people put on untapped but he was uh had a post on there that somebody the brewery commented because they're like, wow, the, the owners of this place were really, you know, rude and disrespectful. And and then they commented on that person's post and said, we don't care for people who, you know, call New England IPAs, hazy IPAs. There's a difference, blah, blah, blah going on. And I just thought it was quite funny because even though they don't technically mean the same thing, they're pretty much used synonymously now, you know, like yeah, most. It's kind of like the... 
bourbon and whiskey thing like you know all bourbon is whiskey but not all whiskey is bourbon oh sorry did i steal that from you lauren your eyes lit up and then no i just wanted to make sure you're gonna say it correctly (laughs) right Mm -hmm. she was about to throw fists if you were gonna mess up that (laughs) one throw hands that's a bourbon gal over there but yeah so i mean really hazy ipas i guess it's it's kind of like that because a west coast ipa could be hazy so it technically doesn't mean it's a new england ipa but you know, New England IPAs are hazy in themselves, and, and most people are calling them hazy IPAs. Even the BJCP references them to right. hazy IPA. I think, I think that's probably what's most important out of that argument is what's the, the recognized style. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of gray area with some styles, and, and even still, we've talked about a few a few styles that aren't technically recognized, like the cold IPA is a subcategory of the IPA, but it's not yet established as its own mm-hmm. distinct style. That's graded by BJCP, but hazy IPAs. It is. Are they've got their own little neat little section on the 2021 BJCP guidelines. They've made it. They did it. I'm a real boy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, you kind of look back in the recent, uh, future of, craft beer and, or the recent past of craft beer <laughs> looking back into the future uh, <laughs> no it's relatively a, a new craze and it's it's really boomed i think over the last few years uh but you know really it's interesting because the style took off and i mean I, most people drinking it probably didn't realize what it was that made it so special they just thought yeah, hey this is a more palatable ipa it's uh, something about the haze also, I think, kind of catches the eye. Mm-hmm. But it's something that makes you think, how does uh, how did this take off when so many beers were used to be judged by their clarity? And here we have a, a beer that's so hazy that you can't really see light pass through it, and it's almost universally loved by craft beer enthusiasts. So I know that, the process of like uh, the haze, where does that come from? What do you think, Lauren? Have you... Have you done the research and answer your own question of why are a hazy IPAs hazy? Yeah, how? Well, a component is due to the lack of filtration. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of piggybacking yeah. off of Nick. Um, you know, back in the day, they thought that, oh, clear beers were better. However, um, you know, kind of that's been debunked. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't necessarily signify that a clear beer is a good beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're looking at BJCP styles for appearance and and gradings, like certain of them are still required to be clear for that. For requirements, yeah. But yeah. The product might not be great, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. it fits the the mold. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, let's not filter this beer. Let's. And that might be part of the appeal at first, too, because, like, everything is, like, a golden, clear, fizzy-looking beverage, where this is kind of, like, a cloudy, opaque-looking juice. It looks like juice, so that's probably, like, oh, maybe I could try that one. We can we can, we can, can check that one out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your other hazy beers that aren't considered hazy IPAs, you know, you have got your unfiltered wheat beers, your Hefeweizens, a lot of the classic German styles that are not... Uh, filtered they have that haze to them but it's for for a different reason different purpose a lot of that's the suspended yeast particles in the beer and a lot of times when you're home brewing 
your beer is not going to be very clear because there's, there'll be some level of hate just because most homebrewers are not filtering their own product. And so yeah. whatever you're bottling or kegging is going to have some level, despite your best efforts of trying to you know, load your kegs without getting much of the yeast cake. If, if you have enough flocculation there, um, it's easier to avoid that, but sometimes the yeast will not flocculate oh, yeah. as well, and then you end up with a lot of that particle in the beer. And so that's one way you can get hazy, mm-hmm. but not always the case with the hazy IPA. Yeah, and there's products out there that you can use to make your beer a little bit more clear by basically coagulating out those proteins and helping them drop and then dropping mm-hmm. out those yeast particles. I know they, they use some like alginate sometimes, and then there's special tablets you can get that help uh, flocculate those compounds. So basically clump them up so they fall out of solution and then don't transfer over to there. So there are some ways, but usually filtration on a large scale for commercial breweries is the easier piece. You know, you run it through some big, big plate filters and those are always very interesting to see in brewery. You're like, yeah. how does that work? <laughs> Still don't know. <laughs> it just looks very interesting, but that's uh, pretty cool. But yeah, filtration, uh, a big component of why hazy IPAs are hazy because they're not filtered. <laughs> yeah. What else, Lauren? What else did you learn in your studies? There's also some extra protein. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there trying to bulk up. Yeah, yes. so just drink more <laughs> beer. You know, that's one thing I didn't look up when I was looking at this. It's like, what's the average protein content in a pint of like a hazy IPA? Should I calculate that into my macros? Yes, you should. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. If you're uh, need... going back to our dieting episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need a little uh, little more protein with breakfast. Lauren. No, you you don't you don't need to bring that breakfast IPA into work. That's, <laughs> breakfast IPA. <laughs> that, that's inappropriate. Come on. No, I don't think a breakfast IPA is a BJCP recognized uh, style. Oh, I mean, it's just an IPA that I'm having for breakfast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lauren, why'd you bring a case of uh, Sierra Nevada hazy little thing to work? <laughs> Which don't worry about it. It's for the protein. <laughs> Actually, speaking of hazy little thing. Uh, According to Sierra Nevada's nutrition facts, Ooh. I had to look up to see what they uh they actually list all of their macros. Hazy little thing has two point two grams of protein <gasps> per really? twelve ounce can. For how many ounces? It's for 12 a twelve ounce can. can. Oh my goodness. So now, if you drank fifteen of them, you'd have the average of our protein shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Compare that with their pale ale, their flagship pale ale, which has one point nine, so really not much of a difference there. Mm. You go to big little thing, three grams of protein. That's how you get swole. So go for those uh, <laughs> Imperials. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, fitness tip, after a nice workout, drink a case of uh, Sierra Nevada big little thing. Responsibly, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you work out after work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And don't start drinking it until after you've put the heavy weights down and you've sat down on the couch. And you're not going I'm anywhere sure we're for a week. To, to mention that as a disclaimer. Yes, disclaimer. Drink we do not condone weight. drinking and lifting weights. <laughs> Bad idea. Uh, but yeah, protein. So they have a higher protein content. And proteins are large molecules that are hazy. And they often show up when things are cold. So if you have like a homebrew that has chill haze in it, that could be from proteins that didn't flocculate out. But mm-hmm. in this instance... They're trying to get that protein content, so they're not filtering it out, and they're using a heavy grain bill that has a higher content of protein. So a little similar to what you mentioned before with like the wheat beers, like sometimes they'll use wheat, 
and then other times they'll use a healthy dose of oats in there and that beefs up that that uh protein content but it also uh gives a smooth silky texture to the mm-hmm. beer so it's it's a kind of a a win-win situation yeah i guess we didn't really talk a ton about granted this hot fly beer was pale ale hazy pale ale but yeah a lot of your hazy ipas and i'd say even this hazy pale ale had a really nice pillowy smooth mouthfeel mm-hmm. and that's just something that's pretty synonymous with that style just based on the body makeup from all those extra proteins it's really nice it's helps it just go down the gullet <laughs> keeps it nice and smooth gives you a gentle mouthfeel just and a pleasant overall you know you don't have the harsh bitterness you don't have the stringency as much you don't have the thin mouth feel but basically you've kind of like taken an ipa and just made it nice and gentle yeah soft relaxing in addition <laughs> oh smooth you mentioned uh in this hazy pale ale from half uh spectrum has uh, double dry hopped i believe you said mm-hmm. so yeah the dry hopping also is uh something that when i was reading into this and watching some some videos on youtube you know, they really stress the importance of the the dry hop at the end of the uh, ferment or at the beginning of fermentation after the boil is done because that's gonna allow some more of those like vegetal micro like microparticles to get into the beer too, and that helps with the uh, the lack of clarity. It gets that haze, and it also gives a little more of that uh, mouthfeel. And and overall, its main purpose is just the aroma and flavor to really accentuate and become more potent. It's a reduction of bitterness and more of a focus on mm-hmm. those pleasant aromas and juicy flavors. Yeah. But yeah, so important to have some, some dry hop in there as well as the right malt bill with uh, those high protein malts. Oh yeah. In dry hopping in general, I don't know if we ever really talked about that before, but that just refers to addition of hops after the boil process. Mm-hmm. So it could be during the fermentation could be, you know, sometimes they'll add whirlpool hops. Oh, yeah. get it. But basically, the whole like science behind it. So I mentioned the alpha acids earlier with like a West Coast IPA or an American IPA. The alpha acids that are contained within the hops get isomerized during the boil process. And the more vigorously and the longer you boil them, the more bitter compounds and the more isomerization you'll mm-hmm. get during that brewing process. So if you've ever done any homebrew, you know that you add some hops very early in the boil so like right when the boiling starts and then you add some very late and depending on when you add them during that boiling process you're going to get varying uh, levels of aroma as well as bitterness so if you add something way early in the in the brewing uh, the boil you're gonna get more bitterness but the later you add it you'll have some more aroma and that's just because those volatile compounds boil off and you don't get the smells as much so dry hopping avoids that completely because the beer is already cooling or cooled and then all you get is just that juicy hop aroma that you've selected for with your with your choice of hops so yeah and also pretty important to use the right choice of hops too to get that Mm -hmm. intended juicy tropical kind of fresh floral citrusy oh yeah uh, profile that you're looking for so you don't want something that's overly piney or vegetal or grassy it'll kind of or defeat the purpose (laughs) yeah i'm gonna or or spicy or you know I love a uh, you yeah. know a nice double dry saws hop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some Kent <Yeah>. Goldings. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've had a few hazy IPAs that maybe were a combination of of a little bit a little bit of dank, a little bit resinous, but also 
mainly the the star of the show was those juicy notes. Mm-hmm. So like but, American hops, yeah, New Zealand hops. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what you're looking for. New Zealand IPAs, hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> wow all, all got. <laughs> that's all you got all i can contribute nice but yeah so you know now that we know what makes it hazy what's the drinking experience like and lauren you got right in front of you the bjcp overall impression of a hazy ipa what do they say um it's an american ipa with intense fruit flavors and aromas a soft body, smooth mouthfeel, and often opaque with substantial haze. Less perceived bitterness than traditional IPAs, but always massively hop forward. Nice. Very well done. You know, it got a little more advertisement voice as, as you went <laughs> along. Uh, it was good. I thought you were going to be like getting real smooth, intense fruit flavors. Soft I almost body. said smooth like Keith Stone, but <laughs> oh gosh, you're gonna get sued. Trademark lawsuit number two. Litigation. Oh, no. <laughs> we are under so much. <laughs> Cease and desist is coming in the mail. <laughs> Already got an email, guys. What is this? <laughs> are they listening? <laughs> yeah. What? Bugs in the room. It's that old 2019 Stone IPA that we had. It, it was actually bugged. It was there for a long time uh, because. Ooh, ouch. Are you okay there? You smacking the table? You all right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Lauren's down to one elbow. <laughs> She's done for. It's over. But yeah, just like Lauren said, you know, the kind of things we mentioned before, but basically fruit forward, aroma forward, soft, smooth, obviously hazy and opaque, uh, and then less perceived bitterness. I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Because you're not really getting <clears throat> big, bitter, hazy, or New England-style IPAs that much. But... uh you know, that kind of brings in the question, you know, how's it different? We've talked a little bit about this. Lauren, you want to read this? Let's hear your advert voice on that one. Um, so how is it different from an American IPA, you wonder? Well, wonder. the BJCP says, <laughs> has a fuller, softer mouthfeel, a more fruit-forward, late-hop expression, a more restrained, perceived bitterness balance, and a hazier appearance than an American IPA. Many modern IPAs are fruity and somewhat hazy. Examples with a dry, crisp finish, at most medium body, and high perceived bitterness should be entered as 21A American IPA. Noticeable Ooh. additions of fruit, lactose, <laughs> vanilla, etc. to increase the fruity, smooth character should be entered in a specialty category <laughs> defined by the additives. I didn't think you were going to read the whole thing that I copy and paste it off the BJPCP 2021 uh, style guides, but yes, if you're, you're going to enter a beer that has a dry crisp finish, a medium body, and high perceived bitterness, it would be under category 21A. <laughs> 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 so, you know, that you heard it there first, folks. Um, no need to look any further. Yeah, so you if you're entering here. a brewing competition uh, per BJCP uh, guidelines, uh, you know, now you know. The more you know. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> we all learned something today. Yeah. Well, there goes uh, the, the mention of the lactose, the vanilla, the mm. fruit reminds me of Lauren's early comment about, you know, the milkshake IPA, which kind of yeah uh, was part of her spurned pondering into this world of hazy IPAs. and. Pondering. You know, there just goes to show that you can 
get some haze from some other adjuncts as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing with hazy IPAs. A lot of uh, you know places will add in some lactose, and that gives a little bit of sweetness, but it also makes a really silky, creamy, creamy. mouthfeel uh, that will contribute to that. So, uh, yeah, like milkshake IPAs, great example. Throw in that toast, give a nice dose of toast. I'm up here with the rhymes now. Uh, and then you'll get, you know, a smoother, silkier mouthfeel. So that may not all be derived from the different uh, grains that they're using in there. And for anybody out there with a foot fetish, he said a dose of toast, not toes. <laughs> Just want to be clear on that. Yes, this is not that kind of podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> a beer podcast. How'd you find this? Yeah. Mm. Beer? I thought I said feet. <laughs> Two E's. Oh, close. Oh, man. Uh, yes, but... What do you got for some popular examples, Lauren? I'm just kidding. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm, done doing it. I'm just making sure you actually have our show notes uh, uh, pulled she up just, on there. He just likes your announcer voice. No, but one thing, you know, and one, I guess one that's kind of considered as one of the OG New England IPAs and really gives that regional flair is old Hetty Topper from The Alchemist up in Vermont. I don't know Vermont. if I've had that. Let me uh, check my yeah, end. It's, I wish. it's pretty regional and it's pretty tough to get your hands on. I mean, I remember back in college, one of my buddies, uh, lived near vermont in like the new york vermont border and he was able to get some heady topper but it was like a race oh my gosh well wouldn't you know i have not checked it in oh i thought um, you were gonna say you hadn't i was gonna be like what apparently <laughs> i'm friends with albany ale and oyster um and they have four packs in stock 12 to 9 every day how are you friends with them i have no idea that's <laughs> are you logged into my untapped <laughs> no this is mine this is my little picture oh weird i don't know Interesting, but yeah, that used to be a very tough beer to get. Uh, people would like chase the the distributor truck around and like buy up all the stock that they brought to any beer store. Apparently, it must it's a little be less because like they're making a special like what's the claim that they yeah, yeah that they have it. Yeah, and it's it must be sought out. You know, I've not had. It. I've tried to get my buddy to to bring me some. Actually, I have had it. That's a lie. I had it Just never checked years it ago. Yeah, it was before I think I had Untapped. Uh, he had a can. Wait, you split. drank you drank beer before there was un- untapped. Well, before I really, really used there was a oh. there was a period that I how, like how used untapped record? for like two months and then never used it for like four years. <laughs> how did you know what you drank? I didn't I just I just drank it? Wow, our buddy Tom has checked in this Julius Tree from Treehouse Brewing Company. Yeah, that's another mm. very a popular lot. example. Yeah, people will wait in line for hours to get some. Julius from uh, you know Treehouse. Yeah. I guess if you found your way to a beer podcast, you've probably heard of Julius by Treehouse. Probably That's a great example of it. Uh, some more local examples: Shade by New Anthem. Oh yeah, Fall by New Anthem. You've had Shade by New Anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you you know. checked it in with me and Nick. Oh <laughs> 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 yeah, New Anthem uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. They just kill it with the hazy yeah. game. Also, really dig their can aesthetic too it's just like mm-hmm. like a black simple black can with like a nice new anthem logo on it and usually some vibrant color very simple very clean it's not lying about what it is it's just good good beer yeah i look at you know my untapped and my highest rated hazy ipas new england ipas no surprise it's a lot of local oak a lot of new anthem a lot of hot fly and maybe it's just because of access to these breweries, but I really think they could go up with the best of them. And oh yeah, uh, you know I, I I'm not a 
but opposed to trying Julius or uh, you know Eddie Topper. But I don't know if I'll wait in line. I think we're for pretty spoiled here for eight hours to get some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not when I'm giving out four or fives on the regular to. Yeah, you know. But I mean, ben hey, Oak, if, Loke and New if, Anthem. Yeah, if you're listening and you've got some Julius or Hedy Topper just laying around and you want to send us some, like well, our you yeah. know our our buddy Matt sent us some stuff, uh, we would love you. And we'll send it. you some high flying New Anthem. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll do a nice little trade. There we go. Beautiful. Legally, of course. Legally, Legally, of course. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned local oak. I mean, if you're in the Winterville, Greenville area, just go by there. They've always got a good hazy. Or New England IPA, whatever you prefer. We, yeah, I mean, we use it pretty interchangeably. Nipas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just go down, visit Ben, and then make sure another shameless plug for our last episode. Listen to the <laughs> listen to the interview with Ben. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I think he actually mentions Treehouse talking about you know when you've got a a beer like Julius or your IPA that you can just make the same recipe year after year and just continue to produce it, and it sells like that something's you're doing something right so mm-hmm. don't deviate from that don't change don't change yeah i really enjoy local oak i'm not quite sure they've done anything wrong thus far <laughs> yeah i don't think so i've not had a beer from there that i was like yeah yeah my neither. yeah instead i'll say yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like on shows your glasses are empty they are they are very empty. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Do you know what time it is? Oh, I don't. I don't know. It's been wow. Hammer time. <laughs> uh, wow. With our recording setup, I'm the only one wearing headphones, monitoring the sound, and I think Lauren just ruptured my left eardrum. Oh, it's okay. That was very, very loud. Hopefully, I can edit that and, and post it to decrease the volume because. Ooh, that was a shock. Or everybody listening with the left earbud is going <laughs> to get a shock. <laughs> well, no, actually, I split the I split it oh. to mono, so it's the same in both so ears. So everyone's going to get sorry, a shock. Guys, next time I will speak like this. I just got really excited. <laughs> Why are you excited, Lauren? Because because it's Elsie's beer pick of the week. Elsie's pick of the week. Okay, let me just crack this bad boy. Ooh, that was a good sounding crack. All right, assume All right. the position. Position assumed. So, for those who haven't listened before, Elsie's uh, Pick of the Week is a segment where she gives Nick and I a blind tasting. We, assuming the position means closing our eyes and holding out our hands to be have a beer placed in. That's uh, probably a good, yeah. <laughs> this is not that kind of podcast, as I stated earlier. Assume the position, yeah. You know, I just, I assume everybody listening is just a, been a fan a from day timer. one. <laughs> no, we've actually had a good uptick in listeners lately, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have people uh, checking us out. And you know, I love seeing the new dots pop up all over the map of where people have listened. Very neat. All right, we got our little tasters. The only hard thing about this is like it's hard to get a good sniff, and I just dip my nose right into it. Okay, I'm getting some. Well, hot character. I think this one I'm getting. Some more stone fruit aroma. Yeah, it's less tropical for me than it is. Mm-hmm. Just kind of some stone fruit, maybe some a little bit of citrus, but not as much. Like I'm no, almost like some. It could be some clementine, maybe, or some kind of uh, some really juicy orange. Huh. 
higher bitterness. So for sure, definitely a higher percentage yeah. of bitterness than the the last one. Surprising, actually, by the aromatic profile of this beer, I would not have guessed to have such a bitter flavor. Yeah, I'm gonna guess um, we're in like the American IPA category. Seems fair. Some malt character backing it up, definitely more piney resinous. It has a very resinous finish, and yeah. it, it's a lingering bitterness too. So this beer is cloudy, almost like some chill haze, but not like it's not like your typical hazy IPA where it's completely opaque. Like you can see some light coming through, and it's just. I guess you could describe it as hazy, but not, not in what, not like anything like the last beer. Yeah. Yours is in a bigger glass, and it looks less. Yeah, I think we might attribute some of that. Uh, could be wrong, but you know, I, I read a little bit about perception of some haze, and it can be attributed just to what they refer to as chill haze, and that's just essentially when the beer is at a colder temperature, uh, you'll notice a little more of those suspended particles and it creates sort of a an illusion of haze but it's not necessarily a hazy beer uh, just due to the the temperature being cold and it kind of creates that kind of like frosted look almost um, this one actually there is some light passing through it's a it's a really nice gold color actually yeah compared to some of the other ones we've had which have been a little more pale uh, or I guess the the other beer which was only one <laughs> This is a pretty nice gold color, really frothy head, leaves some lace on the glass. Again, the aroma compared to the flavor is a bit of a contrast that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Well, now that I smell it after tasting it, I guess, you know, my senses are polluted, but I'm getting a little bit more of that piney kind of American hop variety. Yeah. And then definitely the bitterness is a lot higher on this one than the last last beer that we had. Yeah, I'd have to almost guess this is a... Double IPA, or maybe an Imperial. Could be. Which is, I guess, kind of, a, again, an area that's gray, double Imperial. I feel like it could be a double IPA, or just like a heavy, what heavy American a IPA? IPA. A triple. What if it's a quadruple IPA? My a God, no, stop. A quipa? A quipa. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's not that kind of podcast, Nick. <laughs> How many times do we have to say this? <laughs> All right, Lauren, give us the reveal. So, um... Is it reminiscent of anything else? <laughs> yes. Okay, what? I don't... I. Okay. You guys have both had this before. Actually. We've had this beer before? Yeah, we have. Have we? Mm. You have. Um, in remind- March of 2021. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> Thank you. I, I only drank one beer in March of 2021. Yes, yeah. Is this, uh, is this a beer that is released sort of seasonally is this a beer that you can or buy is it in a, a year round release store? or not and like can you buy this in a big like retail place um it depends on how you define that could you go to Harris i could get this at wegmans wegmans mm-hmm. hmm. i don't think i'm gonna be able to narrow yeah i don't think so i actually either. think i got this at wegmans it's a north carolina um brewery situated in charlotte is it noda so that is the brewing company. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, um, is it Hop Slam? Hop Slam's a uh, no, it's not. No, that's yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Um, no, so thinking of kind of Hop 
Hop drop roll. Hop drop roll. No. I'm just right. yelling out no to beers yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, so don't guess I'm along embarrassing that line. So um <laughs> sorry, no, thinking no, no. <laughs> about like the style though. Hop slam is not even them. <laughs> the Imperial Double IPA, that's what it is. Okay, so, okay, so we got we so got So you're that. on that track. Um I'd be impressed if we guessed the exact beer though. Yeah, I I would have been more uh, what is too. what is Nota have for Imperial IPA? Hop cakes. Yeah. Is that it? But I think you you just guessed that. No, it well, partially, yes, knowing it's Nota, but I was thinking of a but they do the yearly it's a yearly release of the same beer, so it's a little bit different every time. So that's the thing I didn't know that factor. Yeah. I know you asked that. So this is hopcakes. This is hopcakes. That's what I was trying to think of when I said oh, hot slam. I yeah, was like, <laughs> we were at we were at Tapped and uh, that's I think where it was, y'all, that's where y'all tried it. Yeah, Savannah was saying because they just got it in stock and she's like, I'm gonna get a four pack of these. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it's a another beer that sells out quite a bit. That's what. I, oh, I Good, knew it. Nice job though. It came back to you. Oh man. Yeah, which is funny because you. I saw that can and I was like, oh, this is probably some kind of like maple brown ale or Yeah, because it's got pancakes it's, on it. <laughs> but then it says hop cakes and it should really allude to yeah. hoppy beer. I'll play on hot cakes. Yeah, so the can says, pour yourself a stack of Imperial IPA goodness soaked in lots and lots of delicious Vermont maple syrup. Then put down your axe, loosen your suspenders, and enjoy sweet citrus hops and resin flavors in this special release resin. treat. Enjoy immediately. Do not sell her. Um, <laughs> not sell her. Again, this is not that not kind of podcast. podcast. <laughs> um, and feel free to come back for seconds. Do you guys know the ABV of this? I saw it on the can, so oh, I can okay. comment. 10 something? Yeah, 10.2. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising because it's very balanced. It's like... It does not taste like 10.2 to me. Mm-hmm. No, this is an example of a good, a well-balanced beer because... Do you know what the IBUs is? Uh, I'm going to guess... 55. Higher. 60, way higher. 80. Higher. 90. Higher. No, really? According to Untapped. So is this one of the beers that was born of the IBU wars? I've not seen. Because, I mean, once we get, there's, because the perceived bitterness is a lot lower, and I think that's a, a testament to its balance is that. Um, so according to Untap, it's 118. Wow. Well, dang, dang, that should knock my socks right off. My socks hey, have I been mean, knocked I off. Oh, wait, I'm not even wearing socks. Oh, gosh. That's why. That's Preemptively. Why. Yep. Hey. What a treat. Cheers. What a treat. We got to have that seasonal. I forgot that we got that. Actually, I think you got that at Weggy. You're going to give me some more? I know I did. I picked it out. Yeah, you Wegmans. Know, that, that's how the LC beer picks of the week work. You know, I generally pick them out. Yeah. Well, sometimes you're a little uh I was proactive. Lazy. And, <laughs> and I got like two six packs at was, once where I built my own and it was great. Thank you, sir. I think this is a beer that benefits from... Not being right out of the fridge cold, I think it let allows it some more warm up a depth. Bit. Yeah, yeah. When you let it, it come of, come up a little bit, little bit, give it some flavor. I'm hoping to get a little more of that Vermont maple syrup flavor. That'd be really nice. I think balanced with some kind of like bitter resinous hops. So mm-hmm. I get a little more on like the aftertaste. Which, yeah. What bitterness? No, the more maple syrup. So maybe this is a good breakfast beer. Yep. Yeah, 10.2%. It really starts your day. <laughs> no, man. But yeah. Let go. All right. Well, good good job there. But yeah. Nice way to end the, the IPA episode on that one. Uh, what'd you guys learn today? I learned that, you know, filtration 
does play a role in how hazy a beer may appear. Hmm. Do you think this beer was filtered? I would say no. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. I need to get you a padded Sorry. microphone boom. <laughs> you know, and especially the the bottom of the can has some suspended That's not flocculated? Particles. They're not fl- flocculated. Which actually was going to be what I learned today was about flocculation and different like yeast strains. We didn't really get into it too much, but uh, sometimes brewers choose yeast strains that have higher flocculation yes. tendencies, which you know really helps with beer clarity. And I mean, yeast, there's so much variety in what it can accomplish in flavor and aroma and in just the appearance of the beer. So mm-hmm. that oh, was yeah. pretty striking to me reading about how meticulous brewers can be about picking a yeast strain that has higher flocculation. Well, I mean, even after our interview with Ben, you know, we we're just chatting and he was talking about the new thialized yeast strains that are mm. out there and how basically they're genetically engineering them or, you know, selecting them for ones that produce those high thiol compounds that make beers taste, you know, fruity, tropical. So the yeast is becoming more and more important in beer. I mean, it's always been super important, but now it's it's really hitting it up in the flavor department outside of just your typical styles that you would think to give fruity right. uh, estery yeast characteristics. But uh, I learned that uh, the Papa Roach song <laughs> can have many words because as soon as you said flocculation, I thought flocculation, no breathing. <laughs> and then we said litigation earlier. It's just mm. great. You know, any word that ends with Asian, you can, yeah. and has the right number of syllables. Vacation. That doesn't really work. Not enough syllables. Vacation. <laughs> I want to go dedication. on a vacation. <laughs> dedication. I'm dedicated to a vacation. Publication. <laughs> I think t- a couple episodes ago, we, we went into random song because of that same mm-hmm. Papa Roach uh, last resort reference. Yes. Great. Easy Great. to do. Yeah. Well, that uh, is wrapping us up for episode number 33. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, this is Secondary Fermentation presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. Check us out on our socials at on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Check out our website, eastcarolinabeer.com. or on Twitter at East Beer. We're on Facebook at East Carolina Beer and Brewing. Nick is typing out right now. It looks like a typewriter style. Smack it to the side. Beautiful. Uh, and, you know, if you want to send us some Hattie Topper or some Julius or any other hazy IPAs that really enjoy uh just hit us up on our email or send us a dm on instagram our email is eastcarolinebeer at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next time cheers cheers bye-bye bye-bye